Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, September 10th, 2012, and it's time for 10 dozen minutes of artificial salmon with Jake and Mr. Skullhead. Uh, it's artificial salmon because they've added extra coloring to make it pink, of course. And uh, we've got Jake on the line. We're going to call him and see if he's sleeping or dreaming or possibly dreaming of me. So let's give him a call. Hello, Mr. Skeleton Head. Hello, I've just verified that the, that ring is the loudest thing that happens on our show. So, How's that? Everybody listening through headphones gets to enjoy that one moment. Yeah. I usually cut that out of the podcast version, uh, but sometimes I forget that it's a thing. It depends on how uh, long it takes for the call to go through and how long it takes for me to answer. So uh, whether or not there's a, uh, like a, like a visible gap. Right. In the in the waveform. Oh yeah. I'm always looking at your waveforms, Mr. Skullhead. My waveforms are pretty damn sexy. They're five by five. Is that what that means? I don't think so. Yeah, I never could figure that out. Well, I don't think it was a thing that. That isn't a thing that you could figure out, is it? Like, isn't that a thing you'd have to find out? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I couldn't deduce what she was talking about just by sitting and thinking about it. I wonder yeah. if it, it could be lumber, maybe. So 5x5 five five is the best of 25 possible subjective responses used to describe the quality of communication, specifically the signal-to-noise ratio. Yeah. Okay. So on a scale five of 1 by to 5... 5 extension has come to mean I understand you perfectly in situations other than radio communication. So on a scale of 1 to 5, how good is our outgoing signal? On a scale of 1 to 5, how good is our incoming signal? Uh, maybe? No, uh, strength and clarity. Ah, okay. Five, five of five for strength and five of five for clarity. Uh, what I've never figured out is what five for fighting means. Uh, five minutes I, in the penalty box for fighting I, in a hockey I match. I was kidding. I think I did know that. Uh, or at least I looked it up when that band was a thing. Back when I, you know, had those five for fighting posters on the the wall of my girl's dorm room. You're like, oh, they, their music is so dreamy. I wonder what their band name means. It sounds so deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they're five, and they're fighting to protect the hearts of all of the nation's young women from pain. Oh, I see. So they are the five, and what they're for is fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they're, uh, they're always fighting our, uh, our tall British uh, fan. And they've named themselves after their favorite pastime, 5-4 fighting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Where does that leave Smash Mouth? Uh, I don't know. Smash Moth uh, is a guy whose job it is to punch uh, our other tall player, this time with a giant beard. Yeah, we should get uh, set up a Moth 5-4 Minty Giant fight. You think? Yeah, I'm Just a being tall fight? I'm guessing that there is just a fixed winner of that. Yeah, uh, no, not whoever the tallest wins. Whoever punches the hardest and the longest wins. Huh. See, I think Moth is more of a lover than a fighter. Right, well, so is Pfeiffer, but I feel like when the chips are down... Well, Pfeiffer is too polite to fight. I'm sorry, in in Britain they say when the crisps are down. (laughs) I feel like... (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they do. (laughs) All right, buddy. Uh, yes, yeah, so speaking of which, KOLCon, it's coming right the fuck up. It is. I hope there's not any fucking up involved. Uh, oh, no, no, it's not, like, coming to fuck up. 
People are coming up here to fuck. It's coming, right? The fuck up. Is so I know that it does happen that people come to KOLCon and then they have sex with each other. Sure. Would you say that that's a big part of it? I'll bet not as much now as it used to be. Why is that, do you think? Well, like, we get older. We get less likely to hook up with random strangers at a con. Well, I'm saying, like, you and I. We, you and I are older. I don't know that our fans are aging at the same rate that we are. No, slightly faster. Because their yeah. love keeps us young, so we kind of... We're like vampires of affection. Actually, they're aging slightly slower because they have to, like, get on an airplane and move pretty fast for a while to get here. Oh, yeah, so there's that so, thing that happens when you're traveling at near light speed. Yeah, exactly. Nobody ever said how near. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it, like, one mile an hour is much, much closer to light speed than zero miles an hour. Yeah, and planes go, like, 600 miles an hour, so... I know! It's it's awesome when they break the light barrier. Like, where you see those flashes. Yeah. What, lightning? It sucks to be a photographer, though, because you have to wait for a plane to go by and break the light barrier whenever you want to take a picture of something and time it just perfectly. Yeah, that's tricky. Or maybe that's how those little devices on cameras work, is they just have a tiny little airplane inside them that breaks the light barrier. It has to be really small because it has to have room to break the light barrier. Well, it could go in a really tight circle. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? You know way more about science than I do. I know. I bet you could get something moving the speed of light if you just had, like... If you if you built a pole that was a billion miles long, and you put it on a pivot, and then you just pushed on it real close to the pivot, I bet mm. the other end of it would move faster than the speed of light. Well, I mean, the, the guys who spin glow sticks at raves move their things faster than the speed of light, because you can see the trail of light behind the glow stick trying to catch up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it can't yeah, be like that. LSD makes you move really fast, and that's why you can see the trails. The only one place I do all my shopping. And trails? <laughs> yeah, that was there. there. There was a commercial for Trails, which is a local chain of head shops, um, where a guy, just some douchey stoner dude, said, Trails, it's the only one place I do all my shopping. <laughs> which is funny because... Okay, seriously, this is a guy who does all of his shopping at a head shop? Well, they also have weird fetish clothing there and t-shirts. They do have t-shirts, yeah. I I used to get a lot of t-shirts there. Because that's a place where you could go and buy, uh, you know, real counterculture stuff like an REM t-shirt. Yeah. It's where I got all my REM. It's the only one place I got all my REM t-shirts. My dad would sometimes go there, like if he was if he was shopping for me for my birthday or whatever. He would talk about how I, how he had gone to trails and was tempted to buy a huge bong for my mom. But my mom, mom always maintained that she did not want a huge bong. As well, she might. Yeah. What are What are you gonna say? Your kid's right there. Yeah, she might just buy it for you and then use it after you go to bed. Oh yeah, you think? Yeah. I mean, she doesn't want me to find it on the street. Right. She doesn't want me to learn how a giant bong works on the street. You so, know, like somebody... You always see, like, back alley bong. Sorry about and the phone ringing. I'm not sure why that's happening. Is I it could, like a... Is it a landline? Yeah, that's our landline. 
I'm guessing it's happening because someone is calling you. But that never happens. Okay. Uh, well, what are the alternative explanations? <laughs> well, I'm sure that somebody did just call the landline, but that's just not something that I'm used to happening anytime during the evening. Do you get a lot of uh, political advocacy robocalls where you're at? No, it's usually people asking if we want to take a survey about like shopping or whatever, and the answer is always no. Yeah, the only question I'm willing to answer about it on a shopping survey is the only one place I do all mine. Right. Uh, I don't think Trail sells any food. Yeah, that that dude. And where would he get his drugs? Okay, yeah. I mean, maybe he give. Maybe he's a he's popular. Maybe what he does is he buys penis enhancement pills and then he takes them and uses his giant penis to convince women to buy him drugs and food yeah. like if you don't buy me drugs and food I will beat you with my giant penis <laughs> is that rape do you think do you think that counts as rape that's a that's an assault it's probably an assault of a sexual nature you think you think it's a sexual assault what if it's like a like if it's a like a like you get like a whale's dick from a gross butcher. <laughs> so you get 144 whale's dicks. You only yeah. ordered one, but he's a gross butcher. Yeah, you're so mad that you that you decided to take your frustration out on somebody by beating them up with a whale's dick. Right. Or by wailing wailing on them with a beatnik's dick. Wailing. <laughs> <clears throat> or just throwing a beat at their dick. Letting a beat drop. So you mean the the fruit? No, you don't mean the fruit. You mean the vegetable? Yeah, to technically beets uh, beets are tomatoes, Mister mm-hmm. Skillet. Is it a vegetable? It's a root vegetable, right? That's what they call those. Yeah, like a carrot or a beet. Is that a tuber? Is it is a potatoes and carrots are like the same thing, right? <laughs> yep, yeah, exactly. I like nothing more than French fried carrots. Yeah, I mean, do you think that would be bad? Yeah, I bet that would not. be good, actually. French fried anything. Yeah, I mean, like, a carrot stick is good. A carrot stick is better than a potato stick, I think that you would agree. Yeah, but something happens when you cook a potato that's different. You think, I mean, it gets softer, like a carrot does? Yeah. It gets covered with brown sugar, like a carrot does? God damn it, that's why I thought I didn't hate, I didn't like carrots all the way up until just, like, three or four years ago. Because every because time my mom made them, with brown sugar. yeah, she would cook it with brown sugar and butter, and it was just gross. Like the the base taste of a carrot with that sugar on top of it was disgusting. I uh, think, do you I dislike think brown sugar in general? While. I think with my vegetables, if they're not a sweet potato, I'll, I would rather go savory. Yeah, I don't like. I don't hate the taste of of a brown sugar on a carrot, but I would certainly never seek it out. I would never make that if I were making... I would really... If I was making carrots, I would just cut them up and then eat them, right. I think, is is what I would do. I don't even... You know, I, I like a very lightly steamed carrot, maybe. Hmm. Maybe one that's like, a little bit upset. Yeah, one that's just like, uh, you know, like... It, it. Somebody took the parking space that it wanted, but it found another parking space that was like two, two spaces down. Yeah. So it's only a little steamed. Slightly, um, slightly blanched. 
I did a bunch of, uh, you'd have been proud of me. I did a bunch of work around the house on Saturday. Really? What were you doing? I'm trying to think of what I did. I went to Home Depot. That counts as doing work around the house. I got some paint, uh, which I used to paint a ceiling uh, where they had replaced the drywall from where those pipes leaked and destroyed part of the ceiling. Right. Uh, I could have just left it, you know, because that they're just going to fucking tear it up again the next time there's a leaky pipe. You're expecting by that. By that logic, I could just remove all of my ceilings. You could. Everything you could must go. Take Get rid of the ceilings and just paint the ductwork and the beams white. And say so you're going yeah. for a, a rustic look. Yeah, I don't think that... Does, is that rustic? I always think of that as like a... Uh, Eh, I don't know. It, like a, this this pizza place used to be a foundry. Oh yes, yes. Is the sense that I get when you have exposed uh, exposed beams and so industrial ducts and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I would want that inside a house. Like you should be listening to ministry while you're sitting in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Who built that hot rod? Jesus, um, Jesus Chrysler so, supercar. I don't remember what else I did. I did a bunch of stuff though. I uh, I fixed a toilet. Yeah. Sort of. Here's a here's a question that I have. Uh, why are toilets such bullshit? Have you had trouble with your toilets? All of them huh. that I've ever had. Every toilet that I've ever had. I so I thought, well, maybe I will buy the more expensive flush handle mechanism so that it will be put together a little better. Right. And made of more solid materials that are less likely to bend in whatever way makes every toilet all fucked up all the time, always. Right. Uh, and I think, I think it worked. I guess I've been able to flush a toilet, but I had a moment where my girlfriend flushed the toilet, and I was like, "Listen, listen, listen," because I was so happy that it was gonna actually stop running this time, and then it fucking didn't. Yeah. And I had to go. I don't know. I guess you're supposed to use a tool to tighten that thing that holds it on there. I don't even know, man. What I never understand, I understand how a toilet works, but what I don't understand is the physical mechanism that keeps the handle in place and stops it from moving too far. Yeah. Right? And that seemed like that is a thing that just always, like, breaks or bends, and then it just stops. You know, you'll just get that thing where the whole deal will collapse. And the handle will be pointed up, and the chain will be wrapped around the flapper. Right. You know, I've never had this trouble. Yeah? But every place that we've moved into that we own, so the two times that we moved, we've pretty immediately just gotten rid of the toilet and put a new one in. Yeah, I can't deal with... I can't deal with the uh, low-flow toilet. And these are... the they're, We ha- got lucky the first time that we put a toilet in the condo where we didn't spend a whole lot of money on it but it just had the like jet force flush somehow so we've just been getting that one for everyone but I think we've established that you take pussy little shits because you don't really mean it actually I'm a huge shitter yeah we're talking a table left so you're not a member of the baby shitters club (laughs) Oh, no more baby dicks. Two thousand twelve. Um, thank you for reminding me of no more baby dicks. Two thousand twelve. 
<laughs> what is No More Baby Dicks 2012? Oh, that was the, the costume that I saw at Dragon Con. Oh, right. Okay. So, for, for our listeners, a girl walks up to me and this dude that's standing next to me. She's wearing a tiny black bikini. She asks for a cigarette and a light, so I light her up. And the guy next to me asks to take a picture with her. And so he takes the picture of her and then says, and can I get the back? It's like, wow, that's uh, pretty uh, creeperly of you there, dude. But then she turned around and I saw that she had something written on her back. And that's why he had asked her to turn around. Okay. And what was written there was, uh, in like eyebrow pencil, was no more baby dicks 2012. So he asked her, is it, were they okay in 2011? And she said, well, it's an election year, so it's a good time for a revolution. Okay. Beautiful. Did, did she seem like a crazy uh, woman? No, just kind of skanky. Like, agreeably skanky. Yeah. I, uh, uh man. What do you, do? what, do you... If you're a girl, if you're an attractive girl, Mr. Skullhead, do you walk around in a bikini at a thing like that? Yeah, maybe I do. I don't know if I do. Hmm. If I'm a pretty, pretty princess. I mean, I certainly, I don't like people denigrating girls that walk around a place like that in a bikini. Like, are they doing it just for the attention? Sure. What's wrong with that? I don't know. It's easier for them to put on a bikini than to make some giant Big Daddy from Bioshock costume. They want attention as bad as everybody else in the room does. That's fucking fine. I saw some... I don't remember what this was. It, like... I want to say maybe it had something to do with Chris Hardwick making some comment about Slave Leia's being sexy. And then... And then, uh, like, uh... This argument in a forum or in a comment thread that was like, you know, when you dress as Slave Leia, like you're sort of you're dressed as a sexy slave girl. And so there is kind of a voluntary and explicit entrance into a sort of a submissive and ogleable space. Sure. And that. You know, and the, the person doing this was like, you know, I, I have dressed as a slave Leia, and like that's what it like. If you didn't want, if you didn't want guys thinking about leading you around on a chain and fucking you, you wouldn't do that mm. because that's part of the deal. And so, for somebody to say like, oh yeah, man, I saw a slave Leia that I sure would like to fuck, is just not somehow sexist or racist. Yeah, right. Why does he have <laughs> to be a slave Leia? I saw a slave Leia and I didn't want to fuck her because she was Korean? I mean, what? <laughs> yeah, sure. Just kidding, Koreans. I'd fuck you. I, but, but so, like, there's there's this definite, like, y- you know, it is a legitimate complaint that gets raised when somebody says, like, yeah, I, I don't like going to these conventions full of fat socially awkward nerds because they're always grabbing my tits in a crowd or not in a crowd just walking up and grabbing my tits see I think there is a definite line and that line is right there like looking at someone who's dressed in a costume fine like maybe even taking a picture of somebody who's dressed in a costume totally fine 
touching somebody who's dressed in a costume without asking them not so not so fine yeah I think there are, there are people who would say that you thinking about having sex with the sexy girl who is walking around in a sexy outfit is wrong yeah like she's and not I think there those, for your male gaze like okay she doesn't yeah, have to be yeah Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I kind of think that that's crazy. Yeah, I do too. Um, but you you can't you can't think that that's crazy. Yeah, you start start saying that, and suddenly it's well, but you'd be fine if somebody just bent her over and started raping her right there on the convention floor. Mm-hmm. Say, so, you know, the guy who is directing the lingering gaze is kind of creeping everybody out. Absolutely. But he's not hurting anybody. Uh-huh. Maybe he is. Maybe by acknowledging that it's okay for that guy to do that because he's not hurting anybody, it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. Slippery slope right into a non-consenting vagina. Mm. So not so slippery. But it wouldn't be slippery if it was, yeah, if it wasn't. Ha ha ha, get it. Well, I'm surprised I said that before you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm trying to think of the... I did... Yeah, the toilet, and then I went out in the I went out in the lawn, uh, and I and I attacked a palm tree with a variety of implements. Roy had suggested using a sawzall to cut the leaves off of a palm tree. You know how like because palm trees are fucking bullshit. Yeah, they just turn into giant razor sharp bushes with. Like six inch wide spiny saw blade wood spikes mm-hmm. uh, behind the leaves. He suggested a sawzall, and uh, man, did that not work worth a shit. No, I'm surprised. I think that what I would have needed is someone to hold because what would happen is the sawzall would start doing a really good job, but then as soon as it met any resistance, it just started vibrating the whole leaf up and down. Ah. Uh. So I think I would have needed somebody to like hold onto it with iron gauntlets. I'm all cut to shit. I dropped a little piece of it onto my foot and it just like cut a gash in my toe that bled all over my shoe. Yeah, palm trees can just fuck right off, honestly. Mm-hmm. But I think the next person that needs to get to my uh, breaker box is going to be pretty happy that it's actually possible to get to my breaker box now. Right. That whole side of my house where Ivy is just destroying everything. You it's have an good. IV in your house? Yeah. Yeah. Also an RV. Hmm. It's against the Homeowners Association rules to park an RV outside in this neighborhood, so I just had to drive it straight into my house. Right. Do you have an AV club in there as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a Humvee. Hmm. And a TV. Nice, that one's less yeah. transgressive. So exotic. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I did that. And then I cut out a bunch of, uh, a bunch of Lantana. I started looking up how to kill Lantana, and everything on the internet is just like, you can't. What You're fucked. If you, if you just burn the entire city to the ground then you only have to continue to burn it to the ground again once a month or so for the next 10 years to get the lantana to stop growing huh 
It's pretty invasive. I don't know what lantana is. I'm gonna look at a picture of it. It's like a bu- it's like a flowering bush that grows extremely prolifically and spreads like a motherfucker. Oh, those guys, yeah. Yeah, and they get to they get to just be these like knotty nightmares of of stems and stalks and whatnot. And they grow through somehow these giant rose bushes that somebody very painstakingly and carefully planted and cultivated in front of my house that I've managed to not kill right. through negligence and are just g- like giant rose bushes that get covered with giant beautiful flowers during sp- specific parts of the year hmm. but the bushes get all shot through with this fucking lantana and it just grows into this like I don't know 15 foot in diameter thing and I just landed there. It was like somebody had some lantana. I didn't plant it. There are a couple of weeds that have grown into gigantic trees. Hmm. Uh, so I've kept those. Those are pretty cool. Yeah, my, we had a rose bush that could also just fuck right off. It was just a huge bundle of thorns and it never bloomed. Oh, yeah? Yep. Mine blooms. I don't know what schedule it's on. There are a variety of different colors of them, and they apparently don't require any care. That's nice. Yeah. But, yeah, so I did a lot of that, and I'm all scratched up and covered with bug bites. And then I went to a, I went to a board game night uh, last night and uh, just sort of absentmindedly drank too much beer. Huh. And then I felt kind of like crap all day as a result of that. You sure know how to party. I do. Got some more playtesting done on my, uh, my my sweet robot game. That was super fun. Yeah, it's getting more it's getting more fun with every iteration. Uh, I got a few more things that I want to do, and then uh, people who come to con, maybe you'll get to play my sweet robot card game that I made. It's sweet. Sweet robot card game being the working title. Mm. <coughs> yes. Uh, it's, I don't know, I've had fun working on things that aren't my job. Yeah. I guess that's a, that's a good productive procrastination, I suppose. Also, uh, working on our, uh, long, long discussed, uh, secret new special item that will make everybody happy. And I need to come up with something to do for a con item. Uh, how about the, uh, Farrakhan? item uh it is <laughs> the lewis Farrowcon item a foracon loo yeah it's a toilet at a nerd convention excellent it's a familiar and once a day it gets clogged up with a certain kind of poop so there's like battlestar galactica cheetos poop okay. or um Mr. Scullet, you're supposed to be helping me brainstorm this item. Uh, you had me until Battlestar Galactica Cheetos poop. Oh, that you just can't think of a good enough idea to follow that, is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, what am I going to follow that with? So, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation Mountain Dew poop. <laughs> but I, I guess Mountain Dew doesn't really... Do you think if you got all of your nutrition from Mountain Dew that you would ever poop? Eh, probably. It's got all that caffeine in it. That is a... Uh, so you eventually just poop out some white powder. Well, no, it's a stimulant. Yeah, but I mean, there wouldn't be any 
mass. Right, but... Do well, you need some fiber? What? I don't know. I mean, I guess if you drink nothing but milk, you still poop. <laughs> so, I guess your body is good at, you know, consolidating the Mountain Dew solids. Huh. Maybe just crystals of sugar? Your Man. extremities falling off from diabetes? Man, I don't know how poop works. Me neither. If you eat a bunch of salad, you get more of it. Right. I know that. If old people drink prune juice. Was it you that was saying you've recently started drinking prune juice? Nope, not me. Okay, good. I think it might have been Roy. <laughs> well, he is getting up there. He's pushing. He says it's expeditious. He says it does the trick. He's pushing 40. Aren't we all? Yep. Aren't we all? Sooner or later, you'll be pulling it. What'd you do this weekend? I went to the... Uh, Saturday, went to the farmer's markets. Went up to Grandma's new house for the evening. And yesterday, we went to Ye Oldie Renaissance Festival. And a good time was had by all. Do you get, like, a bulk deal on tickets? We get all of our tickets for free. Oh, well, so that's about as bulk a deal as there is. Yeah, it's a very that's a very skinny deal on tickets in that we usually don't even have them. Because uh, Matt and his wife... Uh, like, his wife is running things behind the scene these days. She's kind of the number two person there. We should and, ask her about yeah. uh, Renaissance Festival. She would don't. understand what happens in the privies. Uh, Matt is usually running the front gate, so... Just walk up and he goes, hey, you guys, come on in. Huh. Yeah, so it's a thing. Like, all of our friends are there, so it makes sense to go. If we want to see anybody that we know. Well, did you see anything new? Uh, no. We, we usually just go and check out the fire people who are our friends and the Do you take your, do you take your band? kid? Yeah, we take Ollie out there. Does he enjoy it? He's been digging it more, yeah. He likes getting his face painted. Okay. And he got uh, a little miniature trebuchet that launches marshmallows this time. Okay. He got to ride the one of the big swings that you propel by having your dad and mom pull on ropes that are on either side. Okay. Which, that was surprisingly fun. To have... Pull, a, pulling a rope? Well, like, you're sitting in kind of a gondola swing... And there's a rope on either side, and they're crossed such that when you pull your rope, you're pulling your side up. So you alternate pulling and until you're just really high off the ground and going, woo. It was cool. Okay. So that was fun. He met uh, Twig the Fairy. That was nice. I don't know if I know who Twig the Fairy is. She's, um, I mean, she's on Facebook now, but... Uh, like in real life, she is a woman who travels from Renfair to Renfair and dresses up as a fairy and, like, waves at kids and gives them shiny rocks. Okay. Where does she get the shiny rocks? She spreads whimsy, wonder, and the occasional glitter bomb. Yeah, from Fairyland. She says at twigthefairy.com. Yep. She's really uh, sweet. Sweet lady. Okay. She was. Uh, how old do you reckon this girl is? Good to my boy. Yeah, late twenties. Yeah. The people who work out at the Ren Fair say she's like perfectly pleasant. 
when she's not in character, and she actually does talk. So, yeah. oh, does she not speak in character? No, she she does not have the power of speech. Does she t- like titter, or no? Does she have a? She th- plays. Bell- uh, she has one of those panpipes that's like two recorders that converge on a single mouthpiece. Oh, like a satyr would play. Yeah, and she plays that and rather well. Okay. So can you, I guess you can harmonize? Yep. She So she can play two tones at once. And I was impressed. Like She really pulled the, the kids in. The The shyest of the kids were soon coming up to her and, and uh, getting her sweet, sweet, shiny rocks. So, yeah, it was a good experience for everyone involved. So uh, when my kid goes to the Renaissance Festival, he makes a magic wand... He gets his face painted. Last time it was with uh, the comedy and tragedy masks. This time it was with orange and green leaves. Uh, And he meets Twig the Fairy. And all of the other little boys are running around swinging swords and peeing on things. uh, Peeing on things? Yeah. So he's he's a different kind of boy. Is that a Renaissance tradition? Uh, Little kids peeing on things? No, they're not peeing on things, but, you know, running around being little boys. I see. What do you think? Do you think your boy is? Uh, do you think your boy has an effeminate streak, or is he just is he a sensitive kid? I don't know. I don't know how much of that is my fault. Like, we bought him some cars to play with. He just would rather play with Legos and potato heads. Sure. We haven't we haven't bought him any swords or guns, I guess. But he knows what they're for. Is he is he exposed to, like, I don't know. Uh, daring do in media or is it like you know what I mean like has he seen like Star Wars like not quite Star Wars yet okay I think the most violent movie he's seen is Castle in the Sky and that involves like pirates and people with guns and people with swords okay and is a cartoon yeah Mm -hmm. he he hangs out with Austin who teaches him how to sword fight and how to shoot guns and like, how to have sex with yeah. busty zombie women. I mean, there are dozens of... Dozens? There's like a dozen kids at his daycare that presumably are normal kids who play a normal way. But I don't know. He's, know. he's gentler than every other little boy I've seen. So mm. who knows? If he's gay, that'll be awesome. No pregnancies. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you'll meet. You know, you'll get to meet a lot of people. I guess. Uh, that, and that wasn't what I was asking. I'm not saying. Do you think your kid is gay because he doesn't like guns? I mean, that's a weird. <laughs> that seems like the kind of thing you would ask. Sure. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> like I, I am interested in what kind of person your kid turns out to be. I don't particularly sure. care whether it's a gay person or a straight person. I mean, in in neither case am I ever going to watch your kid fuck anything. I would hope not. So it just makes no difference to me at all. Right. Uh, I don't remember what I was like. What He's what, like four? Uh, almost four, yeah. I don't remember what I was like when I was four. I don't either. I think I read I read books, maybe. I looked at books and I ran, ran around outdoors. Right. I don't know. I think like six and seven were the prime, like using things as swords years for me. Yeah. 
after uh, after seeing Conan the Barbarian is really what what did that for me. I think. And it's what it, got, I think it's what got me into swords. Jess is saying seven or eight for Star Wars. I say for the first trilogy or the the real trilogy that five is fine. Like there are some things that are a little bit scary. There's some things that are a little bit violent, but nothing you can't handle. Yeah, the violence is largely off screen. I mean, for the most part, nobody bloodless. nobody hits anything when they shoot. Yeah, and, and if so, it's just like some smoke comes off of some stormtrooper armor or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's that the cowardly actions of Han Solo against Greedo. Yeah. The assassination of Greedo by the coward Han Solo. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's one of those how to raise your kids questions. Yep. How to raise an American kid. How to drain your dragon. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I was, I don't know what I would have been exposed to. I mean, like, I guess a kid nowadays doesn't like just watch whatever's on TV, right? Like you sort of have total control over what media they're exposed to because there is almost nothing that's just like indiscriminately pumped into your house. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess he could be listening to violence on the radio. He could be looking at it on the internet, except he doesn't know how to read yet. So he can't really type in. Oh, what's up with that? Dude hitting people with swords.com. So, yeah, so so instead of asking if your if your kid is a uh, sissy, now I'm just gonna start asking if he's stupid. Yeah, what the so fuck? Can't doesn't even, even know how to read. There was a kid his age at the park today, talking the way a like a three year old who's almost four usually talks and still wearing diapers, and it was a really weird contrast because, like, my son's kind of little, so this kid was giant, and the same. It's like the same age, but it's like, is he just retarded? Is he a special needs kid? Like, no, he's a normal kid. He's just the way that kids are when they're Ollie's age if they're not Ollie. Yeah, are kids, are three-year-old kids normally wearing diapers? Yeah, I think up until mid-four, you're not worried. Hmm. Round about then, like, listen, you are entirely a person. You can hold your poo. Yeah, I don't know anything about any of this, Mr. Skullhead. And I don't pay any attention to your stories or Roy's. Yep. I'm like, this doesn't apply to me. It's like all that stuff my dad tried to teach me about fixing things. And then not letting things break. Like when my cousin came to visit and was like, man, you need to fix your shower because that's going to leak and ruin your house. Hmm. Uh, whatever. I went to college. And then my house got ruined. We have people for that. It didn't really get ruined. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, I watched watched a movie. Uh, I watched The Prestige. The Prestige. Did did you enjoy it? I hope you enjoyed it. I, I did. I... So... I, this hardly ever happens, but I have to admit that I was kind of high when I watched it. Huh. Uh, not not particularly. Like, I just, I ended up, one, one of the backpacking trips, uh, one of the guys that we went with had brought these chocolate bars from a dispensary that were, that were like, you know, one square of this chocolate has a big pot leaf stamped on it and has a dose. 
it says is a dose. Um, and every time I've tried it, like he didn't, he was afraid to take it back on the plane. And, and I was like, yeah, whatever. Like I, I don't think that this will be a problem, but if it is, I can afford a lawyer. So whatever. Right. right. So I will take these rather than just throwing away, you know, what was probably realistically like $25 worth of stuff from right. a dispensary. But you know, to me it was like, wow, that's, 15 doses of marijuana, that's enough marijuana to last me five years. All right. Um, so, so far all I've noticed in the times when I've tried, like, just increasing amounts of it is that I get tired and my eyes get red and it gets sort of hard to keep them open. Mm-hmm. And that when I go look at myself in the mirror, I think, man, I look really high, but I don't really feel really high. My take on the prestige was that it didn't need both of the twists, I guess. I mean, I guess it did for the plot to work. Right. Can we can we can we say that this is a that we're in a spoilers are okay zone for this uh, old movie? Yeah, it's been at least 5 years since that came out. So, so feel free. I mean, I guess the whole thing is that Christian, like, Christian Bale's character is extremely committed to doing something that is way simpler than it appears, and in an effort to match that, Hugh Jackman's character goes to insane lengths to do it in a very complicated way. Right. And I just don't... You have one guy who's dedicated to like magic as an illusion and so he's dedicated his whole life to making this trick work and then you have the other guy who's really more interested in like magic as a means to getting applause I feel like he's just in it for the prestige ho ho so he ends up doing something that is actually magic rather than being good at doing this illusion and kind of turns himself into a monster in the process well, right but like a, I mean like a suicide monster right yeah well somebody I, who's I, committing a murder or a suicide every night yeah but only is willing to do it a hundred times Kiss. <laughs> what? what right it I don't exactly understand the way the logic of that whole thing was supposed to work either uh-huh. Right, like the, the 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 water tank. You you put that there, so that it will be you, and not the copy. No, you put the you. water tank there so it will kill, the copy of you that's now appeared on the stage. My understanding of the way that that worked was that it that it made a copy of you elsewhere, not that it moved you elsewhere and made a copy of you in your place. And that that's why... Well, that's never resolved, though. Whether right. whether it's the original or the copy who shows up up in the balcony. But he just kind of gambles on it being the original that shows up on the balcony and arranges for this copy to drop through the floor and get drowned. 
But, I mean, that's weird. It seems like you would know after the first time. I mean, I guess you both think that you're the original, right? If it makes a copy of you. Yeah, you see him lock eyes with himself. And both of them are thinking, I'm the original. But uh, I, I, the feel guy like who if, I feel like if it was me doing that, I would assume that the me who stayed in the same place was the original uh-huh. version of me. I mean... You'd have to... Each of them, if you asked him, he would say that he was the original. But, yeah, I don't know, man. See, that was what I liked about it, though. Like, blew my mind, man. There, like, I've heard the complaint that having that sci-fi slash magic twist at the end just wrecks the whole thing, and I just really don't think so. See, I didn't really think that, like, it. it's not even a twist, Right, like right. it's it is it is just flat out revealed how Jackman's version of the trick works when the first time you see multiples of that cat, right? Right. Well, I think just people having trouble with, hey, this is supposed to be this realistic movie, and then all of a sudden there's teleporting. But I think that it's woven organically into the plot. Oh yeah, I don't I don't think I have a problem with that at all because I mean it's like. I, it kind of feels like that was a time when technology that was magic was being developed at a fairly rapid clip. Hmm. Right, and I mean, Tesla's got, stuff was... Yeah. Fu- it fucking still looks like magic. The guy that's saying he has a plan to transmit electricity through the air with no wires is probably a guy you'd believe if he said he could teleport you. Sure. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but you know, I. Yeah. It's weird that. Like, I felt like I did not think that Christian Bale did a very good job of acting. You don't? I don't, really. I like. I got the sense from both of them, and maybe, maybe this is just because I wasn't paying attention, but I got the sense from both of them that they kept slipping in and out of accents. Uh, uh, Christian Bale didn't, because that's his accent. Yeah. He he really talks like that all the time. Was Hugh Jackman supposed to be American? I could never tell. He is he is one to let his Australian through on occasion. No, I didn't know he was uh, an Australian in real life. Well, I guess he's doing a better job than I think he is. Next thing, next thing uh, you'll tell me that if you die in Australia, you die in the real world. No. Um, that's like Canada. You just restart. I it it just seemed. Uh, I, it's not that I didn't like it. It's not that I thought. What I was expecting was this is a movie that is going to deliver on the promise that the illusionist had. Right. And it was very different. And yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about it. This has been halting, boring reviews with Zach. Did you did you think it was worth your watching? You're not. Uh, yeah, you're not I like mean, Hedwig only and the because now it's not a thing that I have niggling at me that I need to see. Huh. You know, yeah, I, I, I know, the but shit out I mean, like Michael Caine is awesome in everything. Right. You know, I just found the the whole Christian Bale story arc really touching. 
you know, bouncing the ball, and are you watching very closely, and... Uh, I don't know. It, it, it was a really satisfying setup and structure that paid off. And then it had some emotional tugs on it, too. Yeah, I guess. I, guess. I mean... So there's the one guy that's willing to let one copy of himself be killed. That's also willing to live that God made half a life. Yeah, he's willing to live in half life. Yeah, good. Which is which is great until the end with the ridiculous space baby. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I thought that the 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 Jackman arc, like the literal electricity arc. Uh, it, it had that sort of like moon existential horror thing going for it. Sure. David Bowie is awesome. Yeah, it is weird how young David Bowie looked in that movie compared to what I think David Bowie looks like in real life. Something's humming over there. What's humming? Uh, that was my garage door opening, which is uh, right below the studio. Very well. Yep. Sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, do you want to take a little break and then drink a little water and then come back and do a little dance around these questions because sure. we refuse to answer anything honestly? Yeah, we'll do. Um, is thirteen minutes okay? Yeah, I think that'll be that'll That's be just all right. What I landed on picking music. All right, see you in thirteen minutes, everybody. And we're back. Huzzah! Huzzah! 20 pounds for the king! I've been turned into a vampire during the break. A renaissance vampire. A renaissance vampire? Well, you said huzzah. Oh. That's that's not the thing that vampires say? No, they say excellent. Maybe. Mm. Or bogus. You know, whenever anybody abbreviates gameplay discussion as G hyphen D it just looks like they're devout Jews talking about God yeah because they don't want to say God yeah because putting the vowel in you know, like when you talk about Jehovah you're supposed to just do J-H-V-H so when they say God instead of Jehovah they say G hyph G slash D G hyphen wow, D this is this is a really is this an old thread or uh, I thought this was the right questions thread but I don't know if this is the right questions thread have we answered these right it is Monday September 10th right it is uh, so some of these we definitely got to on the Thursday show I guess alright so Kingdom Hearts Brains the infinite stack of writs I think maybe I got Uh, okay. Uh, all right. Rusted Butter writes, Greetings, Jick and Mr. Skullhead. Sorry for all that pauses and silence and everything. Uh, firstly, on your new game, Words with Friends and Monsters. Bravo! Uh, huzzah. Okay. Uh, though I think I will spend most of my time with KOL, as I'm not that great with spelling and therefore lose a lot. I was wondering how the final game will run, though. You mentioned that it will be a downloadable thing without hard copies on a CD or something. But to my knowledge, you've not mentioned whether final gameplay will have to be online or if you can download the game and play it at home when the internet is not working. 
I only bring this up because until recently I dealt with crappy internet and data usage limits. I have problems even playing KOL from time to time. And while this problem has been remedied, I'm sure I wasn't the only one out there working with ancient technology and rural service. Or rural juror. Right. Uh, yeah, it's a just it'll be downloadable, and you won't need to be connected to the internet. Um, I think it will probably be doing some stat tracking uh, if you are connected to the internet. And if you want to get automatic updates, you will probably have to authenticate. Um with the server yeah so we gotta figure all that out though Uh, secondly is it my imagination or is the only zombie horde in this new apocalypse the one following me around I don't really see any new zombies to fight against and all the zombie hunters seem to be coming after me am I the real and only problem here this is new to it's not new to this path you're always the primary problem yeah and how do you know all the zombie hunters are only coming after you yeah Maybe. maybe there are thousands of other zombie hunters Maybe before you fight and kill Norvell, he has already fought and killed 20 hundred zombies. 2011. Or 20 hundred copies of himself from parallel dimensions, and that's why he's so powerful. Zoinks, yeah. (laughs) Remember that one episode of Scooby-Doo where Shaggy had to go and kill every Shaggy from a parallel dimension so he could become more powerful? Mm Mm-hmm. And the one where Fred had to cut the heads off of all the other Freds so that he could get quickened? Yeah, uh, because he was having a hard time balancing his checkbook by hand. Exactly. Uh, the quickening. <laughs> well, was there an origin story in Highlander? There was an origin story in Highlander 2 that was terrible. Where they they turned out to be from space, from some other planet, and the reason that they couldn't die was our yellow sun or some shit, and they... Like, they couldn't be killed on their home planet, but they could be killed on Earth. Only under circum- certain circumstances, they could not be killed on Earth and could be killed on the home planet. They couldn't be circumcised. Right. Uh, so, wasn't Highlander 2 the one where they built the weird shield to stop global warming, but it ended up causing global warming? Right. Or something? Uh, yeah, it was set in the future. It was ridiculous. Uh, Time says, I'm currently kicking all kinds of ass as a zombie with bear arms. Actually mauling all kinds of ass, I suppose, but that just sounds creepy. Anyway, thank you for this amazing challenge path and a really fun misread. You guys are doing fantastic work around here. Well, thank you for saying so, Time. Also, thanks for the Apollo 18 suggestion. I've been playing little else since you got me to buy it, and the folks at work are beginning to stare. Well, Mm. good. I guess I'm supposed to ask a question, too. Have you given any more thought to that weapon rack for hardcore idea? Eh. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, no, not, not really. Some, you know, someday. That was only one of the ideas that we had for figuring out a way to to do hardcore in, or Mr. Store gear in hardcore. And I mean, it's more or less working out the way that we're doing it with these available in hardcore only in a specific challenge paths, path items. And so, you know, it'd be all right. Uh, Scully, next Monday show onwards, can you be the fine, upstanding, gentle fellow who asks questions directed at Jick? It feels odd hearing Jick ask himself things. But sometimes the questions are for Scully. It would have been weird for Scully to read that one. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we should trade off, but I always want to give you the shot first at seeing if you, which questions you want to answer. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's better than me saying, no, I'm not going to, I refuse to answer that. You'll ask me a question, and I'll say no comment. Yeah. I'll say, what? Oh, hey, did you see that Syphil and Ollie have come back? I did. That's pretty awesome. 
Uh, yeah, Riff, uh, Riff linked that in dev a while ago, and then like to their preview thing that they did with the motherfucking pie. Yeah. Uh, right before this, uh, right before this show, I was actually sitting downstairs uh, alone, playing a sad, uh, mournful version of motherfucking pie on the piano. Because oh. uh, I had it stuck in my head, and I was like, I want to get it out. A mournful piano tune about motherfucking pie. Uh, yeah, and then I watched the first episode today, and it was it was okay. I guess it was the first episode. Yeah. Syphil and Ollie is good. I keep thinking I need to watch all of Syphil and Ollie, and I have it all on the on the Computrons. But then every time I think that, I go and I watch the first episode, and it's so fucking good. And then I think, ah, nice. I'm gonna come back and watch another one of those tomorrow. And then a year later, I go back and watch the first episode again. Yeah, is that the yeah. one with the with Cindy's the hostess? Is the song, or is it Laser Eyes? Or is it something else completely? I mean, you've watched it eight or nine dozen times now, right? It is. Yeah, it's. A, there's a song about traveling through space. I think they mm. the satellite's broken and keeps connecting them to things that scan things. So they're like talking to dudes inside a radar detector and talking to the dude inside the laser thing at the at the grocery store. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, Glebe says, the bear I'm showing up in the letter from King Ralph is awesome. Can we get a similar functionality for the clan VIP key? It feels weird pulling it from storage at the start of every hardcore run. Yeah, uh, I would actually very much like to do that. And I think I can probably get away with it at this point uh, without actually hurting anything. And Boris's helm also. I think now that the code exists for that, adapting things to it, because, yeah, having that be a free pull is weird. Um, and I sort of I think that maybe after the bear arms aren't in the store anymore, I won't make them a free pull. There was a reason that I had to. There were some set of circumstances that somebody could be in that made it so we had to make it a free pull for zombies anyway. Mm. Or maybe we didn't. Fuck, I don't know. I thought we just made it a free pull for zombies because that's cool. Well, I would rather... I mean, I'd rather you didn't have to do it, right? I would rather you didn't have to pull it. Right. Because we didn't want it to be a free pull for softcore. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It was confusing also because it was two items. Uh, Thanks for calling me a super fan, because I am, says Richard Baby 4000 So I have a hammer and I love to smash things, but I'm also lazy. I mean, my time is valuable and I need to be efficient. Can the options all but one and all be added to the pulverized section? Huh. I'm surprised that there's not already some... Can you not pulverize things in quantity? How do I pulverize anything? I don't know. I I don't think I've ever pulverized anything. That's because you're terrible at video games. I think I've also never pulverized anything except in... uh, It's because I tend to start a Saucerer run and play about halfway through, and then something will change that makes me want to ascend so I can try something from scratch. Right. Which class should I pick? Oh, I know. I haven't done a saucer in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you need? A tenderizing hammer? Okay. I gave myself right. a tenderizing hammer. There you go. Hmm. I have no idea how any of this works, man. Yeah. It's madhouse, madhouse. Dude, seriously, I don't know how anything works. How do you te- how do you pulverize stuff? I gave myself the skill. I gave myself the skill. 
I gave myself a tenderizing hammer. No, I gave myself zero tenderizing hammers. That was the problem. Uh. I now I've given myself one tenderizing hammer. How did I type zero instead of one? Oh, I see. I typed item one tendary, and so it interpreted one tendary as tenderizing hammer, uh, but the lack of input as a zero. Um, this is boring. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> Smith stuff. Yeah, you can... Okay, so I guess you... You can smash that... Wow, why do I have 11,569 seal clubbing clubs? That must have been... That must have been some sort of glitch where I accidentally put an item ID in as a quantity <laughs> or something. Uh, so, I mean, if I do... If I want to say I want to pulverize 900... Yeah, you haven't got that many. So, huh. Yeah, I can see how that could be improved. I don't know that an all but one and all radio button is the right answer, but it should be an maybe, all for one like if you could type a star all. to do all of them and star minus for all but one. Okay. I do that. Uh, none of the expanded pirate cove zones have clover adventures, semi-rares, or bad moon adventures. Do you ever plan to fix this, says Glebes? The bad moon adventures probably not because those there was a specific set of those that we wanted in there and we finished the set. Right. Um, but yeah, clovers and semi-rares and all that stuff, like, yeah, it's always a thing that we forget about. Uh, the question says, Schlurp, got Word Realm stuff to talk about? What's getting the most attention right now? What needs the most attention? Any major changes in the next build? You satisfied with progress so far? Satisfied with beta testers' reactions to it? Still on track for an October release? In reverse order. I hope so. Yes. No. Some... No, not really any major changes for next build. The thing that we're working on now is the tutorial, which turned out to be really complicated. Um, getting getting hooks in there for the kind of tutorial that we have, in the meantime, learned that all video games should have. Right. We learned uh, we learned powerful lessons from George Fan, which is that make an awesome tutorial so that your game will be extremely popular, so you will get laid off uh, while they announce a sequel to your game. Good on you. More like pop crap. Am I right? Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, Main Gaylor says, can we get a magic button that equips all of our familiar gear after we get out of Ronin or Hardcore? Uh, no, this comes up every once in a while, uh, but there is not an unambiguous way to determine what gear you want on every familiar. Um, I get what you mean, and I probably could write something that kind of just assumed... You know, that if you have a familiar that doesn't have any equipment and you have that familiar's equipment in your inventory, that it should put it on it. Uh -huh. um, Jamelia asked a couple questions. One, does the success of the revamp PvP system kindle any enthusiasm for a CVC revamp? I. <sighs> I mean, yeah, I, I would like it if that. Like, that was a. That was a sort of a. hastily constructed and badly designed system. I, I don't have a good sense of how a competitive mindset works. Um, I would like it if there was some stuff that you could do clan competition-wise that you spent some time throwing some turns at. Like, we started working on the shell of this idea for clans building giant robots that would battle against one another. Right. Um, but that didn't really, uh, it didn't really have a lot of legs. 
that that made uh-huh. it through a couple of meetings at the bar. Ah, <laughs> it had wheels and not legs. Maybe um, you could just. I could, uh, my, I could adapt my sweet robot card game to a building giant robots. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, the idea is that like you would you know you would have like a garage in your clan that had some gnomes in it, and they would be like, "Go get me some special bolts," and you'd have to go. Today's special bolts were stolen by the frat orcs to make beer bongs, and so you have to go and adventure in a place, and then you have to do that two hundred days in a row. And then you will get a thing that makes your clan permanently better. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, and it's optimal for Ascension, too. Uh, question two. Have you ever asked C.D. Moyer to build something in a choice adventure that he thought would be too complicated? Uh, no, uh, because choice adventures can now do literally anything. Uh, the primary interface, like, de- Demon Star? What's the name of Rift's Sinistar game? Uh, Demon Star? Yeah, Demon Star is a choice adventure. Yep. Uh, Space Trip is like a bunch of choice adventures, but it could have just been one. Uh, Meteoid? Meteoid is a single choice adventure. Mm. Yeah, that shit can do fucking anything at this point. Between the choice adventure and the place spindler, our shit is set. Man, we could drop, we could drop content so fast, your content head would spin. Yeah, man. We drop it so fast, you're pubic hairs would get all twisted up <laughs> that's what happens when you drop something fast right well the it depends air, if it's like air a, vortices twist up your pubes yeah, well if it goes faster than light it makes a light flash and it, it singes your pubes yeah if the terminal velocity of whatever it is you dropped is faster than the speed of light oh I thought you were going to say faster than the speed of pubes ah, the speed of pubes it, it, I don't know do you think you could shark faster than the speed of pubes? <laughs> um, Florin says, "Is the blue balls message about waving your weapon around with one hand to make the monster think you're in full co- full on combat, and then giving the monster the blue balls with the other hand a crapo bapo reference?" <laughs> I mean, it, it might be. Uh, man, I miss nightmare. Nightmare's coming soon. Not soon enough. Nope. Uh. I was I, I was surprised. I don't think that it ever would have occurred to me at Dragon Con to explicitly do a an icing armistice. <laughs> uh, but I think that yeah, we just agreed that we're not ever doing that to each other ever again. Yeah, right. We yeah. don't have to. We don't have to re- redraw that line in the sand every time we're in the same place. Right. Right. I think it's a lifelong armistice. Yeah. Our mistress. I'd start doing it to other people, though. You know who a pirate has sex with when he's not having sex with his wife? His <laughs> our mistress. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, that was a pretty good joke. Um, you know who us? Do you know who a pirate has formally agreed to no longer have sex with instead of his wife? Because it has to be about an armistice, right? Oh, right, right. Right. He signed an our mistress armistice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember who wrote that message. Uh, if it was me, it might have been a crapo babo reference. Glebe says, "Will south of the border ever see some love to make adventuring there less terrible?" Uh, well, not with that attitude. Other old zones with lots of crappy uh, non-combats have all gotten some form of revamp. Backforming a handsomeness potion for the naughty sorcerer case sucks badly. Uh, yeah, you know, I did not have a good time with that part of the game when I played it last. We should probably just make all of the 
Chiclay Kid Adventures opt-outable? Maybe if you opt out of it, it puts you in a fight with him, only he's actually a midget on crack with a knife. So you can have, like, right, a really he hard... he can't fight children. Yeah, you can have a really hard fight, or you can get some gum. Do we have... Do we have any places where you fight kids? Uh, well, you could argue some of the extreme stuff. And teenagers. Really? I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody has ever had a problem with killing teenagers. Right. Well, like, there was the the kegger in the woods map. That was all underage drinkers. Was it all underage? I thought only the girls were underage, and weren't they? All the guys uh, are wannabe orcs. Uh, like okay. Wannabe wannabe frat boys that are, I think, in junior high. I think you can kill. I mean, I guess maybe they're eighteen. Right. See, that's the other thing. This is the other weird thing about this fallout, no killing little kids thing. What's the age of consent for it being okay to murder you right. in post-apocalyptic Washington, D.C.? Like, at what point? Is it like, you, you can't kill her, she doesn't have boobs yet. Huh. Uh, yes, Snot says, is the card sleeve tradable for a reason? Or I guess the same question in a different way is, is there a reason it's one per person? Uh... If it's only one per person and it doesn't seem to be marked as such, it's easy to bork your way out of buying one if you sell it and don't know any better like I did because I rarely know better. It is one per person uh, because it is one of those things where you put a card in it and it sets a state and since items don't have any identity, uh, it needs to limit it to just one. I don't remember exactly how that works. I remember it being fairly unsatisfying. Uh I, I do not remember us coming up with an elegant way to do what we were trying to do with it. Uh, but yeah. Lilac says, I think one of the skill tree paths like Boris and Zombie Slayer are missing. I think one thing they are missing is the ability to respec one's points, especially if one is a more laid-back player who picks crappy skills by mistake. This concept frequently explored in RPGs that use skill trees, and I think it would help engage players who might otherwise get frustrated and drop the path when they're making no progress with their current skills. Uh, I don't think it punishes dissension, since nothing will replace the ability to get more skill points at the start of a run. It just gives more relaxed players a better out than waiting two weeks to finish their current ascension or dropping the path. Such an option could cost like ten turns and be limited to one a day to avoid speedrunner abuse. It could be. His thoughts on this, should poor skill choices be punished? I don't know if having to keep the skills that you selected is a punishment. Yeah, I mean, I think a better... A better question is, should good skill choices be rewarded and I think the, the answer is yes right and I mean I see what you're saying and with with Zombie Slayer it was hard enough for casual kids that we built in a mechanism for that not to really be an issue anymore um, which you know I think kicks in if you're taking a long time and is is fine you know it's, it's unlikely that you're going to go more than a day without or a day or two without getting another skill point in a zombie run um I don't I don't think that it is necessary. You know, I mean I think people had a lot of fun with Boris and you know, and I also think that Boris was like the trees were like all of the skills were pretty powerful. Um You know, there weren't there weren't a lot of like things like in Zombie Slayer that relied on synergy. Like there weren't a lot of a lot of the skills in Zombie Slayer are just resource management skills because you don't have the typical like MP to deal with. And right. so it's like, okay, well, I've just gotten another way to trade things for zombies. 
this didn't make me any more powerful really it just gave me more options for restoring the the things that supply my other powers right um and so like I think it's easier to have a zombie slayer with three or four skills that is not super viable in combat than it is to have a Boris that's got three or four skills and not viable. Um, and and I, I, you know, I'm pretty happy with the way that we dealt with it. So I don't know that, I don't know that a like, uh, whoops, let me start over is really necessary. Evil Twin Skippy says, can the mystery uh, mini turn into something that works in PvP once it's been discovered? Uh, and by that I mean it was designed as a puzzle that part is done can it be now changed somehow to work as a reasonable mini or just replaced well I mean it will be replaced at the end of the PvP season uh, MMM3012 says is there going to be a KWE or a whole casino revamp uh, I might be wrong but it seems to me like the casino except for the MMG and getting a big rock in the lemon slot zone is useless and irrelevant slot oh, machines, wow. roulette and poker tables isn't really a way to gain meat or anything really mostly a waste well, they love the MMG. It's just a 50-50 game, basically a coin toss where you can almost double your meter and it goes to the other guy, whereas KWE is more than that. However, there seems to be a lot of buzz over MMG and none when it comes to KWE. I personally don't give a poop about poker roulette or slots, but as a wrestling fan and as a fan of your work, it looks like you really put a lot of, into, uh, put a lot of it into KWE. I would really love to see KWE become relevant again someday. Thanks. Love you guys. Was I mean, I don't know what we would to be relevant to it. Yeah. Right, like, I mean, I think that KWE is not as sticky as the MMG because it's not as simple, right? It's very, it is very easy to understand what is going on with the MMG. Like you click a thing and then you either get some money or you lose some money, you know, or you click a thing and then you wait to see whether you got some money or lost some money. Whereas KWE is like on a weird long time scale and there is a ton of content there, but there is not a, I read, I read, uh, I did not read. I skimmed and then bookmarked for later perusal an article about, uh, I forget who wrote this. It was a guy, maybe a spry fox dude, uh, was talking about tight systems of cause and effect. And KWE is an extremely loose system of cause and effect, which is interesting in its own way because it's like a weird sort of broad simulation. But I think it's a little too Byzantine. And so people just don't mess with it. Right. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know that a revamp of the casino would result in significant changes to KWE. Right? Because it was sort of built to be what it is. It is a a weird thing. You know, it's, it's like a bunch of good content. And I, I kind of feel like it was a failure on my part to not come up with a satisfying system for it, you know? And so I, we arrived at a kind of a dissatisfying system by committee, and then I was like, eh, fuck it, Xenophobe, you're not doing anything else, just do this. And then it just kind of, you know, here, here it is. Yay. There was like a single noisemaker blown. Right, there wasn't really a time when people were excited about it, and I don't know. I, you know, I, I like maybe there is a way to have a long-term weird system wrestling simulation thing like that. Right. You know, there a lot of tech went into it. Yeah. You know, there's a bunch of stuff that is different and novel 
relative to other stuff in the game, it's just like I don't know. I think I think that the 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 distance between you doing something and seeing the results of what you've done is so great that it is effectively infinite. Right. Um. Uh, you know, if they had some sort of like maybe if we just made their stats visible hmm. then people could see the ways in which giving them items alters their stats I mean I think t- to some extent there is not any indication that there is a game there right I mean they give you hints about what you've done when you've sent them an item Right, but that may or may not impact the outcome of the fight, depending on what everybody else does. Yeah, I mean, if the if it became predictable, there would no longer be any way to like trickily play the odds, right? On it, right? I mean, because it's got. I mean, yeah, I forget how. I remember Zeno doing some research on how odds makers operate in paramutual racing and I don't know I don't I haven't looked at that code like ever (laughs) you know so maybe making the stats visible would make it like you know like if you knew how fast every horse was there wouldn't be anything interesting about the horse races right right yeah like there would no there would no longer be any like it would just it would the odds would just drift down to you know 9.9 9.9 to 5 or whatever. Because spreading the odds out, a bunch of small losses can pay a bunch of, like, can pay a small amount of big winners mm. if there is a weird upset. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Tyrone Jones says, have you ever thought about a star-studded challenge path? Give us a glimpse of who you would cast in different roles in the kingdom. They could be dead or alive. Would you put Felicia Day as Susie? Who's on the council other than Patrick Stewart? Is Neil Patrick Harris the guy in front of the guilds that gives you the White Citadel quest and the meat car thing? Uh, Barney Stinson for Moxie. Doogie Hauser for Mist. Uh, I'll have you I'll have you realize that Doogie is not a type of cheese. Uh, some role that probably never could exist for muscle. Are you saying that, that Neil Patrick Harris could never play a guy that was strong? I would believe Neil Patrick Harris could be a strong guy. He's yeah. built like that Olympian who won a thing. David Bathoff, Bath, Banhoff. David Hasselbanth. David Bass Haffel. Uh, who would you cast as the Naughty Sorceress? Who would voice the procrastination giant? Uh, the Naughty Sorceress would be, uh, what, uh, dark-haired Kate Blanchett? <laughs> I don't know. I immediately went to Rose McGowan. Oh, yeah? For the Naughty Sorceress. Yeah. Who's Rose McGowan? Uh, just to get the really pale skin, dark eyes, she was in things. She was the one-legged stripper in uh, Planet Terror. I have not seen Planet Terror. God damn. Did she have a gun instead of a leg? Yes. Okay, so I think I saw Eventually. a one-legged woman cosplaying as that. That's pretty awesome. D- did you not see that? I didn't see that. That is cool. Okay, because I, someone observed, wow, that is real commitment to that costume. 
Right. Uh, as though she had deliberately severed her own leg for the sake of the costume. Yeah, what are the odds that, like, a hot girl would lose a leg at the knee and then have a specific kind of cosplay for that? Maybe that was the person that um, Robert Rodriguez had in mind when he made that role. I was just amazed he got Rose McGowan to cut off her leg. I've not seen that, so I still don't know who Rose McGowan is. Yeah. I could list a whole bunch of other movies that you probably haven't seen. I could also just look her up, right? Yeah, like Doom Generation. Uh, what? Doom Doom Generation was a movie. I've never that even she was heard in. of that. She was also in Jawbreaker. She was in Death Proof, which you haven't so, seen because you haven't seen Grindhouse. Yeah. Wow. So I did a Google image search for Rose McGowan, and I don't think that I would have been able to identify any two of these photos of as being of the same person. She was in a car accident and ended up with a new face. Okay. So she has at least two faces. Like uh, like Harvey Mudd. Harvey Dent. Yeah, like Harvey Danger. <laughs> Arthur Mudd. Yeah, I don't think that I've ever seen this person in anything. Okay, how about the mom from Gilmore Girls? Yeah, there we go. And then so the second form is played by the daughter from Gilmore Girls. So you're thinking like slightly past prime, like a like a Carla Gugino kind of. I don't know who Carla Gugino is. I'm sure you don't. Like, a, who was the girl? Uh, the, uh, the my cousin Vinny Marissa, girl was Marissa in the Tomei. wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the the girl from my cousin Vinny who was in the wrestler was actually uh, what's his name. That would have Mickey, been way Mickey funny. Rourke. Yeah, Mickey it would have been better if you'd remembered yeah. his name. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, she's—I think of her as old. Yeah, the, like the naughty sorceress is more more cougar aged than. I mean, this is no Kristen Bell. Right. This is no Kirsten Dunst. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Kirsten Dunst. Uh, Christina Ricci. Yep, but, um, but like a like just a like a stage made up version of Adam's family, Christina Ricci. Yeah, when she was still hot, as you continue to tell me, much, <laughs> yeah. much to my chagrin. Uh, what does Christina Ricci even look like now? Uh, a light bulb. <laughs> okay. From the neck up, I think a mildly attractive light bulb. Yeah, this is again pictures of a whole bunch of different people. When you Google image search. Do you have like a face recognition thing? Like in my brain? I don't think I do. Okay. I think that I'm, miss I'm missing one of those things. Do you not not have a problem with not recognizing faces? <laughs> Wait, were you asking if I had some sort of face recognition deficiency? <laughs> yes. Okay. I mean, I guess it's possible that the subtle variations in red and green in the lighting are, are making it so I think that these are totally different people. You're colorblind but only when it comes to faces. Yeah. yeah no, seriously, this is like pictures of 50 different women. Okay. A lot of, a lot of visible nipples in these pictures. Mm. Those are the best kind. I guess so. <laughs> what kind of nipples do you like? Visible. 
Southwest writes, what are your thoughts on instituting a native replacement slash alternative to FaxBot? Would you consider doing it? If you did it, would it be as powerful and robust as the FaxBot network currently is, or would you further limit, and if so, how? Did you anticipate such a community project when you created the fax machines? And relatedly, do you regret how crucial to the speed game monster faxing has become? I recognize this is a wall of questions, but I'm really interested in hearing your thoughts on FaxBot. You know, I don't know. I mean, that's. I think that that is a bridge that I will cross when I come to it. Mm. When we come to it, I, I think that we would be well within our rights to just say, "All right, you know what? You guys had a good run. All the fax machines are breaking at the end of the year. Like, you know, that wasn't a Mister Store item, yeah. right? It was just a thing that you got. Like, I that." And honestly, if if Faxbot if the Faxbot network collapsed and everybody was throwing a fit about it, that is probably what I would do. Or just make the fax machines do something else. Yeah. Or stop like take them out of the VIP lounge or something, you know. I mean, yeah, it, it was it was an interesting experiment. I think it was cool. I think it was fun. I agree. And you know, now like everything else, it's like people the people who are the most upset about it don't care whether it's fun or not. Uh, look, Jick, says Blister Guy, I'm listening to your podcast live while I'm at work, and while, yes, my contract runs out in a couple of weeks and I'm busy applying for jobs now, I don't think removing my pants in the workplace and running outside to yell anything is at all helpful to either of us. Uh, Stumps McGee says, hey guys, what are design docs? Normally I would ask a lot of questions here, but instead you could just talk about them for a while. You mentioned design docs every once in a while, but I have never heard you explain this part of the design process. There's not really a solid and consistent answer for that. Right. Like My definition of a design doc is this zone should have this game in it with these properties and it should totally be fun. Is that a thing? <laughs> And, uh, like, an actual design doc would include uh, how those mechanisms would work and how they would be balanced, and, yeah. There are various levels of, of design doc, right? Like, the, uh, I really need to finish reading this book so that I can, so that I can talk about it more, uh, but uh, Jesse Shell's The Art of Game Design. No, you know what? It's, this was not in Jesse Shell's The Art of Game Design. This was in a book written by the guy that made the Maximo games that I've never played or heard of, uh, that just discussed, like... So sometimes, sometimes if you if you find a design doc from the process of the, the making of a game that you like from, like, ten years ago, the thing that is interesting enough to actually put out on the internet is probably going to be a really broad strokes thing where it's just, like here's a picture of this idea that I have and this is why it's going to be awesome and this is the these are like the five things that this game is all about like these are the driving principles behind this thing and yeah you know we will sometimes do something like that it, it largely depends on the way that I the way that I write up an idea largely depends on how well developed the idea is at what point I start soliciting feedback from everybody else like sometimes I'll get married to something and not really want to share it until a lot more of the work is done than with other things where it's like, well, this is a thing that we should do, but I don't have anything that I'm really passionate about to say hmm. on it. And so, you know, sometimes that sometimes we'll end up with these, these sort of back end documents that are just like a bunch of conversation about it. Right. Um, 
yeah, I mean, we it, it's 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 always different. Uh, Lightwolf says, one, I was going to make a crack about introducing a KOL item, Mobius Ritz crackers, that got better the longer you wait to eat it. Then I realized you already have a mechanic for that, the astral consumables. Astral Mobius Ritz. Mm. So I wondered if you ever put a non-astral consumable using that kind of mechanic in the game. A consumable item that got better the longer in your run you wait to eat it, or conversely, a consumable that spoiled and got worse the longer you wait to eat it. It could be an interesting content vector. Well... The one that spoiled, I mean, that just seems like it would be weird, right? If the best possible case for this was, I don't think that we would ever make a consumable that was better the faster you were as an ascender, because that's just like throwing extra turn gen at the people that need it the least. Right. Um, Speaking of existing mechanics, the sushi mechanic of adding additional items to a base item, fish meat plus rice plus toppings, to improve or add side effects to food is really interesting, but unfortunately underused because of the space it exists in. Have you ever been tempted to add that mechanic outside the sea, such as building your own Ritz cracker treats or adding earthbound-esque condiments to the game? Yeah, the the Heradric pizza oven. Moving pizza to a thing that worked like that is a thing that I am interested in. Uh... But it's not that important, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Speaking of consumables, the eating brains as a zombie mechanic feels very satisfying. In addition to what was mentioned last show about getting the brains while doing what you would do anyway, the fact that brains are also used to gain power and how they thematically match up with the theme puts them at a satisfying gameplay sweet spot, makes them a joy to use and also distinct from normal consumption interaction in other runs. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty... The whole thing came together pretty good. Uh, HKC says, responding to a couple things from the 9-7 show, the boss back can give more than half a reward. In hardcore, I often set an aggravation device such that he drops the pants, uh, which at that point in a run are usually better than whatever I was wearing. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Also, when Broken first came out, it was actually two CDs. The extra tracks came on one of those mini CDs you rarely see. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I did not have one of that one, though. Uh, finally, let's say that I have two intact Ritz crackers in my mouth at the same time, one above the other. If I'm upright, my tongue is touching the bottom cracker, so it tastes normal. However, if I tilt my head far enough, eventually the cracker touching my tongue becomes the top cracker, so I'm wondering, how would one describe the sensation of a cracker's flavor suddenly improving while it is on one's tongue? Would it tingle? No, it would just be more awesome. Yeah, it would The just, tingling yeah, would be from the blood rushing to your head because you're upside down. Sure. I mean, it, this is sort of like, imagine if you had an inside-out Tootsie Pop, right? So it'd be like that. You put it in your mouth, and once the once the less satisfying chocolate taste was gone, you would suddenly get a burst of fruity deliciousness. Mm. You know, I have not had a Tootsie Pop in many years. And I like a Tootsie Pop. Do you like a Tootsie Pop, Mr. Skullhead? Would you like a Tootsie Pop? I like me the occasional Tootsie Pop, sure. But every time I eat any kind of lollipop, I break the stick off to begin with and then eat it like a jawbreaker. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Which is to say you just chomp on it. You break the... Can you just take the stick out of a Tootsie Pop? I don't think you can. Well, I break it off, and then there's a little bit of the stick left in there that you have to spit out once you get... Oh, gross! Once you get down to the middle of it. Dude! Yuck! Gross! You, you all right there? That is gross. What is gross? Having a little piece of lollipop stick in your mouth like that. 
No, it's inside the lollipop until you're done eating the lollipop. And no, then but you then you it bite out. into it. You bite into it, and it's like, ah, mmm, d- delicious candy and fucking gross, soggy paper. Mmm. Spit the paper out. You I'm not, can't. You I'm are not going to walk around. Yeah, usually I swallow it, actually. I'm not going to walk around with a stick sticking out of my mouth. Why I'm not? never going to take the thing out. I'm not going to use the Should stick we? to spin it around in my mouth like I'm four Should years we? old. And spinning it around in your mouth is what makes the flavor spread. Right. No. Uh, just curious, says Numbat, why don't you make Kokobo types only drop meat one time per fight? You seem to be against stasis fights, and that would be a big part to cutting stasis fights. Eh, they only work... They only fire in the first handful of rounds. Like, meat is only a thing that they can do in the first handful of rounds. So... Uh... Uh, Alpha Omicron says what's up with semi-rares I thought Jick hated fiddly bullshit I don't hate fiddly bullshit uh, why not at least have the fortune cookie generate a timer effect automatically as it does in Mafia too confusing for new players this is one of many quality of life interface things that Mafia does that I love stuff like asking before you adventure with an intact clover in your inventory is wonderful and it would be super if stuff like that made it into the vanilla interface you know I don't think that that is a thing that belongs in the vanilla interface. Like, I get why you want it, but the kind of people who would be confused by that also don't care. And that's kind of the thing with semi-rares, too. Like, I sort of wish we had not made them predictable. I thought that Hot Stuff's idea for having the fortune cookie tell you when it was going to be was kind of clever... But I never dreamed that it would be worth it to eat a thing just for that information. And then it instead turned out to always be worth it, apparently. And I think that that's nuts. And I don't think that I would have agreed to it if I had seen what was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Wax says, how do you feel about the name Fartbong Boner Satan? It's no Dog Lord 420. It's not. It's also no spick nasty 420. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you make the bear arms pullable in Boris? Is why I, I guess they're not. And uh, no, I, I think that it's better the way that it is. Uh, on the off chance you ever implement name changes, can I have Boris? Boris hated responses in the negative. No. Uh, when you create content, what kind of content do you most enjoy creating? New art, new areas, familiars, items, writing, other. Uh, I like systems. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, it's weird. I don't mind, uh, doing art when I'm doing it, but I always dread doing it ahead of time. But then sometimes I'll be like, you know, like the, all this level nine stuff that I've been working on, like I, the first thing I did was draw it. So that was weird. That was not how I normally do things. Um, yeah, I don't know. New zones are fun, I guess, too. Other. Uh, is there any reason why the Hermit Script doesn't give you an extra clover a day in Zombie Slayer? I think that we just didn't think about it. Um, I think that Riff wrote down what was supposed to happen if you went to the Hermit in Zombie Slayer and did not remember that the Hermit Script was a thing. Hmm. Um, I would not have been able to tell you if you had asked me prior. Like, if you had said, hey, what does the Hermit Script do? I would have said... Uh, lets you into the hermit without a hermit permit. Right. Uh, you know, because that started out being a thing that wasn't important, and then it was like, hey, this is dumb, and the hermit sucks. Like, okay, well, what if this 
we I changed it at some point to give you an extra clover. Uh, Bumcheek City says, "Can we shrug the plus combat effect in Z-Core? Having given myself a thousand turns of it accidentally was not fun." Yeah, that was weird. That thing got tacked on to what it was doing because, uh, or it got tacked on to how you get it because it turned out to be like a thing where you needed a plus combat skill. I guess since it is a thing that you voluntarily get, no, it's, I mean it doesn't make sense under the normal shrugability rubric that it would be shruggable. And it is canceled out by the non-combat one, which is which is fine. But I guess there are circumstances under which you can have the plus combat one without having the non-combat one. Maybe. Uh, Felony says, "How about an epic uh, booze reward in run comparable to the epic Gru omelet food reward?" Yeah, I never thought of that as an epic in run food reward. Hmm. I don't know, fuzzy dice schnapps. Hmm. Uh, Bear Hug is great, but it'd be even greater if there was a way to tell when it's running low on its 10 daily zombifying charges. Possibly some sort of warning message for the last few uses, like with Pasta Guardian something, or does it do this already? Your arms uh, are getting yeah, tired. That's a, that's a good point. That's the kind of thing where if we had had more time, uh, if I had had more time, if I hadn't put that off until the very last minute, I probably would have done that. Um. Eh, yeah. Um. Michael Rain says, you said in the last show that you don't want to ever make a player not want to kill a monster, yet that's pretty much mandatory in the game. For the molybdenum items, you have to keep doing one damage or similar, or anything else that won't kill the gremlin, while you wait for it to use the tool, and then you use the magnet. Yeah, but that's like a weird puzzle in a weird optional side area. So, that's that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. Waterclip says, hi, I've been skimming through and catching up on radio shows. A few times now you've mentioned this, and I'm curious. I have two related questions. One, you refer to something about MMO life cycles, and I've spoken to, uh, about KOL as being at a stage in the life cycle. What does this mean? Do MMOs have an observable pattern, and if what you were referring to is how they develop over time? If so, what is it, and where does KOL sit in relation to that? I mean, for the most part, they will start, they will have an, uh, a, a spike as people come in and get excited, and then they will taper off over time uh, and sometimes and I think this has a lot to do with how much attention is being paid and how good a job they do of like keeping keeping their existing players around sometimes the slope of that is extremely flat and so you can have a, something like you know Ultima Online which is still you know gainfully employing the number of people that it takes to work on it and keeping players happy and EverQuest um you know, and sometimes it sometimes it, the 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 revenue drops so precipitously that you have to shut it down. Like I don't know, Asheron's Call Two or something, uh, or the initial spike doesn't get you high enough to to have any any leeway or whatever. Um, number two, KOL feels unique to me, though admittedly my experience isn't very extensive. There are probably enough MMOs around now for people to have started recognizing genre or types. In the overall scheme, where do you think KOL fits? I know that people call it an indie game, but I'm not sure how helpful that is as a designation. Just curious as to your thoughts. I mean, I don't know that there are a lot of... I mean, KOL is more like a MUD, sort of. Like a single-player MUD. Than, than an MMO. I mean... Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's definitely... Like, it has multiplayer stuff and a player economy. So I think it counts as an MMO. But I don't know. When I, when I say that about where we are in, in just the sort of lifespan of the game is that... We're just in the hopefully extremely long, steady decline period. 
which is just what happens. I mean, it's it's old, right? It, it things get old and people don't like people don't like it in the numbers that they used to. Sure. Um, it'll happen to you. Uh, Blister guy says, "I just reached the Dvorak's Revenge puzzle in the level eleven quest, and you'll be happy to know that you can spell out brains if you want." I didn't try it. I assumed you haven't added that yet. Yeah, man. I wonder how hard that would be. Like, it's possible, I guess, that 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 is just stored as a string in that script. Speaking of that, that would have been something uh, that I could have been productively done as a choice as a new choice adventure rather than being in its own script. Uh, but I didn't do it. Uh, let's see. Oh, man. I ate food asking some really long questions. Yeah, we've only got three minutes left. I ate food. Come on. Oh, no. All right. Well, let's just skip them all. Sorry. Maybe ask one of those per show for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, uh, one, says WBO Quinn, you guys often make small mechanical changes in anticipation of a bigger rollout. What about replacing missed attacks with glancing blows? Does this portend any future content? Uh, no. Uh, you know, actually, that was a thing that I would have just... Like, that was just a response to... Uh, a reaction to a drunk conversation that I had with C.D. Moyer about, like... I don't even remember what my goal was, but I was like, you know, do you think we could do this? Because that seems like it'd just be more fun and friendlier for people. And we figured out a way to do it that we didn't think would cause any problems. And then Dev was kind of nervous about it. So we tried it on Dev. And then after six months of not really noticing, Dev was like, yeah, you know what? This was probably fine all along. Yeah. And so I just pushed it out. Um, I was also a little nervous that the messages weren't firing correctly and like very little testing had been done because it turns out that like you stop missing much after you're an experienced player um I don't remember I guess now I'm I'm I was missing a lot when I was playing my zombie slayer run, but I don't know how that could have been happening. Maybe I opted myself out of that system. Anyway, it wasn't it wasn't foreshadowing of anything that I can remember. Um, something that I would very much like to do is there are two systems that I would like to simplify uh, and one of which is getting rid of the multiplier and additive crit chance stuff and the other thing is damage absorption and damage reduction um, but those get goofy in a hurry the crit would be fairly simple uh, but man I'm nervous about uh, damage absorption yes I am uh, but not so nervous that I'm not going to maybe go eat dinner or something alright so the nerves haven't gotten all the way to your stomach yet they have not alright well enjoy your dinner and uh, guys we'll talk to you next week <laughs>